0: So do the best sales people make the best sales managers? That's what we're covering this week on episode 20 of the Why How Yes Sales Podcast. The Why How Yes sales podcast is sponsored in part by Jared James Coaching for Real Estate Agents. If you're a real estate agent listening to this podcast, you probably understand how to sell. You know when you are across a dining room table from a potential customer, that listing is probably going to come your way. The issue is how do you structure your business in order to get to that time, that dining room table more often. As a former top agent himself, Jared James has the tools to help you create the business that you want to own. They will help you put the systems in place where you can spend more time doing what really matters, which is creating sales. Go to jaredjamestoday.com and set up a time to have a consultation, and from there, they will be able to guide you towards running a business rather than just running around. Hey, salespeople. Welcome to the Why, How, Yes sales podcast, where I help you get to the yes the right way. I'm Red Staffstrom, and I'm here to help you fix your broken sales skills. Um, So We are at episode 20 already uh, of the Why How Yes Sales podcast. I don't want to ignore it. I don't want to dwell on it as much as episode 10. Pat on the back here, Um, but we're at episode 20. In only about a little over two months, so um, super proud of it, but don't want to dwell too much onto the next thing. Let's talk again when we hit episode 30 and episode 50. This week, I want to talk about something that's pretty—it's pretty important to me—and I didn't write a lot of notes on this. This is something that I'm mostly going to ad lib, uh, with the exception of just a handful of stats. So there's a lot of sales organizations out there, a lot of companies out there, that when they go to hire a manager, they generally pick the top salesperson. Just that simple. They don't really think too much more about the process. They just say, hey, this guy must be really good at sales. He must really know what he's doing, and he's the sales manager. Now, for some, t- in some cases, that works out very, very well. In others, it doesn't, and I wanna t- explain why simply hiring the best salesperson does not usually translate to having the best possible sales manager and some of the flaws with that idea so let's start with the obvious one um, if you've been in sales any period of time you know that most salespeople are high eye personalities they're the parrot as I use the analogy a lot um, they're the bright they're the talkative they're the colorful um, that's how most salespeople are they are born smoothers with a high level of charisma and that's just their natural state. These are the people who you could take to a bar and they'll talk to a bar stool for 20 minutes. Um, that's what translates into those sales, it's just that magnetism. However, what a manager needs is considerably different. What a manager needs to be able to do is explain and to teach. And teaching and sales are drastically different concepts. So in order to teach, you need to know more, about, more than just what to do. You need to know how to do it and why it's important, and you need to be able to articulate those well. I know most of the top salespeople I've worked with over a number of years across a number of industries, um, whether it's door to door, whether it's car sales, whether it's financial services, um, whether it's coaching and working with real estate agents all over the place, I know that the best team leaders aren't always the best salespeople. And there's a simple reason why. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story about a guy I worked with in the car industry named Ronnie. Now Ronnie was a dingbat, I think is probably the nicest way to say it. He was not all that bright. Um, Just to give you a quick side story about him, There was one time that we were in the showroom of the car dealership and there was a guy sitting on a chair. He was waiting for his car to be fixed and he was reading a big, heavy book. And Ronnie, who isn't much of a reader, um, and I'll put that as mildly as I possibly could, went and asked him, Hey, what are you reading? And the guy said, Yeah, I'm reading the Bible. And Ronnie, just not listening at all, said, oh, is it any good? It was the Bible, and he was ready to get there, and Ronnie didn't understand or didn't listen or whatever it is, he just blew past it. Um, it was one of the most awkward conversations I've ever seen. But this guy, even though you could turn him around twice in a phone booth and he'd get confused about how to find his way out, he still sold 35 to 40 cars per month. He was an absolute sales monster. And the reason was because he was very good at naturally bringing people in and getting them to trust him and to say, this is just the way it works. Um, I saw my sales manager explain leasing to him probably every other month like why leasing and buying are so completely different Um, he just did not have the head for numbers he did not have the way the head for structuring deals or anything like that he was just good with people now what most many organizations would do is they take somebody like ronnie and they promote him to manager because you know what he's being the crap out of every salesperson on the floor, why wouldn't you want him to teach people how to sell cars? The problem is Ronnie could never articulate, he could never explain, he could never break down and tell you the reason why he was able to sell and what set him apart from the next guy. Um, As a third-party observer, I could tell you it was charisma, it was magnetism, it was, um, (laughs) quite frankly, I don't think people thought he was smart enough to lie to them. (laughs) Um, There was that level of ding battery, Um, I know I'm taking that term, that all in the family ding back term, uh, like I I had to dive into the archives a little bit to bring that up, but people did not think he was smart enough to lie to them. Um, And all of those things translated to sales, plus he was really good at maintaining relationships and follow up, so while he didn't know exactly what he was doing well, he stumbled upon doing very well. And that's one of the reasons why you need to make sure when you're hiring a manager that it's not just, hey, they could pull in the numbers. You need to hire somebody who knows how to teach and how to explain. Now, I don't have a whole lot of notes here, um, but there's a big, big difference in terms of being able to teach and being able to sell. A very big difference, and it comes down to, in my mind, one personality trait, or in this case, two personality traits. In order to be able to sell and sell and sell at a high level, you need to be a very impatient person. You need to be very much go, 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 go. At all times, you need to bulldoze through things. You need to be able to juggle a lot all at once. Um, that ADD that a lot of salespeople have where they're comfortable thinking about five, 10 things at once works in sales. Because in sales, I can't even tell you, pretty much every job I've had, I've been juggling 20 to 50 active prospects at any given time. you need to have a little bit of a squirrel-chasing mentality in some uh, aspects in order to do that. However, when you step into the manager role, the manager needs to simplify and focus on one thing at a time. The manager needs to rein in the squirrel-chasing. Not completely because, again, a salesperson is always going to have to keep on top of a whole bunch of people at once, But the manager needs to be the person to say, okay, let's focus on this. They're the one who's trying to herd the cats of the sales team. Um, And you can't do that simply with just a charismatic personality. You can't do that with just magnetism. You need to know and be able to focus people. So great salespeople need to be impatient, push, 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 push a million things at once. A great teacher, a great manager. Mentor, a great manager, however, needs to be patient. So these are this is one coin, patience, and a sa- great salesperson and a great manager are on the complete different black and white sides of those coins. It's very difficult, if not impossible, to be both. So and this doesn't only carry into sales. Um, the reason I wrote the one scrap of notes that I have. It's to exemplify this. So I always think about sports because most people in sales, people in sales uh, teams and in sales in general do think about sports. It's a very competitive, um, very team-oriented act, like job and business, it's, there's a lot of community, it's a lot of working well with others. So sports is a very good place to start when you're thinking of teams. And you can look and see with salespeople or in sports i meant to say you can see in sports how the greatest players do not typically become the greatest coaches. Um, You can think about Isaiah Thomas. You can think about Michael Jordan. These are two of the top NBA players of all time who made horrendous front-end managers. Um, Isaiah Thomas, as a coach and as a head of basketball operations, was abysmal for the Knicks. And as a Knicks fan, I wanted his head on a pike in Times Square. But he's still one of the 50 greatest players in NBA history. Michael Jordan, arguably the best. If he's not the best, he's one of the top five, depending on what era you think. Um, Whether it's Wilt or LeBron or Michael Jordan, somebody is going, like, Jordan is always in that conversation of who is the best of all times. And he is having a very, very difficult time in Charlotte producing a winning organization because while he has that drive, while he has that ability to just push through, it's difficult to find people who have that. Um, Kobe Bryant would have had the exact same issue, I believe, because his determination tends to create impatience. And when they go to try to mentor people, it's tough to make them More enthusiastic than you are. Um, That's one of the issues even Michael Jordan had when he was a player. Is he could motivate his team, but it wasn't the same as him being able to just put it all on his back and run through a wall and put like just put 50 points up. hungover after playing a full day of golf and you could look up those stories and they're great and it's not limited to basketball Um, so Wayne Gretzky the great one in hockey um, as a coach had only a 46 percent win percentage 46.4 143 and 161 Bart Starr Hall of Fame quarterback um, had a 39 percent win percentage 52 76 and three Bob Cousy the Celtic 40 percent 141 and 209 Ted Williams, um, one of the few players to ever hit over 400 uh, with Boston, had only a 42.9% win percentage as a coach, 273 and 364. Willis Reed, 39.8. So all of these, with the exception of Wayne Gretzky, were about 40% win percentages, even though they're undeniably um, among the top players of all time. And the reason is because they didn't understand how to simplify it. Now let's look at the great coaches. Let's look at the other end of the coin. Rather than look at the great players, let's look at the great coaches. Vince Lombardi, Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson, Don Shula, Steve Kerr, Bill, Parche- Bill Parcells, Red Auerbach, um, Lombardi, Jackson, Shula, Kerr, Parcells, Auerbach. All of these guys, were really position players if they played professionally at all. Um, Steve Kerr was just an extra guard uh, for a lot of the time on uh, the Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan because they already had Michael and Scottie, um, even though Scotty sometimes played more of a small forward role. But, I mean, Kerr did do more point guard work, but same idea. Lombardi, he played with the Giants um But with Landry, actually. But Landry and Lombardi, they were never phenomenal players. They were phenomenal coaches. Shula, um, Red Auerbach, Parcells. You can look at a lot of different sports and find that the top coaches, the Greg Popoviches, these coaches are not the ones who had these illustrious careers as players, these were the ones who were able to simplify. Um, I mean, Mike uh, Sasefsky of Duke, I'm never confident in pronouncing his name, but Mike Sasefsky of Duke, he was never a great player. He's basically a garden gnome, and I say that as a UConn fan who cannot stand Duke. He was never a dominant force on the court, but what he was able to do is simplify things and bring honestly mediocre players together and form great teams. Um, There aren't a ton of Duke players who have just been tearing it up in the NBA. Every so often you have people who become top-tier starters, but there really haven't been a lot of Duke, like Hall of Famers, Duke consistent all-stars that I could think of right now since Grant Hill. Mike Krzyzewski is able to build a team with position players because he's a great manager, because he knows how to put these pieces together. So when you go to hire a manager or promote a manager or if you're looking for a manager to work for as a salesperson, Don't just ask how their sales were. Their sales are secondary. Yes, they need to know the process, they need to know how to do things, but instead ask them about how they would teach it, how they break it down, how they simplify things. That is the sign of a great coach and manager, is somebody who can break things down to their individual parts and teach you how to put together an excellent sales career the same way you can Ikea furniture or Legos. That's the difference, is somebody who knows how to build a sales career step by step, not just somebody who built one. Um, You need to understand how to do it over and over and over again. The fries go in the oil 350 degrees for two minutes and 45 seconds. Once they build it and understand it to that degree and can break down any part of the process with a written system, then you've probably found a great manager. Not that they need to be micromanaging, um, but they need to understand why you use these bolts as opposed to those bolts. And they need to really understand how the pieces come together. That's what a great manager does, not just a great salesperson in a manager role. So think about this, you, yes, you can be both. You can be a great salesperson and a great manager. But it's extremely, extremely difficult to do both at the same time. Um, So I hope this helps. I hope you've enjoyed this. Um, Once again, this has been episode 20 of the Why How Yes Sales Podcast. Um, Please review. um, Be sure to like. Be sure to subscribe. All of these things help the channel out quite a bit. Um, Once again, this is Red Staffstrom, and I will see you next time where I will continue to help you fix your broken sales skills. The Why How Yes sales podcast is also sponsored by the Jarja Media CRM. Only 12% of all real estate leads are reached out to more than three times. This means that almost 90% of all agents are throwing away thousands of dollars worth of lead generation marketing every year simply by not keeping in touch with the prospects that they already paid for. With drip campaigns that are written by one of the nation's top coaching companies, you'll be able to automate keeping potential clients in front of you for well over a year. The Jarja Media CRM will make sure that you are not leaving any meat on the bone and that the leaves you are already paying for are actually turning into customers. Schedule a demo online at jarjamedia.com CRM.